Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's again just relax. Just take a moment to, whatever else is going on, just let it fall by the wayside. Just remind yourself that you're exactly where God wants you to be. That he has your past, your present, and your future firmly in his hands. And that that he loves you. He's not out to test you or to see what you're capable of or anything. He's, you are his purpose. You know, we so often talk about what's our purpose. Well, what's God's purpose? You are his purpose. He is invested in your restoration. Not your accomplishments. Not even your purpose. But your restoration, restoring of your soul to your spirit. Now, what does that mean? In a lot of ways, we don't have enough information to be able to say definitively these six steps and these sub-steps and then turn around three times and jump up and down and this is what it looks like to have a restored soul. We don't know. We have ideas. We can look at Adam and Eve's life existence with God living in the garden where he provided all their needs and they knew each other after the spirit not after the soul not after the body but spirit to spirit and they knew God by the spirit and then we can look at Jesus and his relationship to his father where he had to learn He had to go through the same kind of process that you and I do. He had to experiment and discover and try and fail. And emphasize, you know, he he focused on knowing his father. What did he say? Me and my father are one. And yet he still had to go through the effort of knowing him, learning how to know him. How did he do that? He spent time with him. Now we use terms like, you know, prayer. You know, what does that mean? I kind of like to not use those kinds of terms. Because we all come with so many ideas and concepts and and feelings and disappointments and struggles with so many of the religious terms that we use, prayer being one of them, faith, grace, purpose. But I want you to remind yourself that you are so important to the God of the universe that he spends all his time, every 
hour of every day, every minute, every second, thinking about you and how to use your circumstances, how to control your circumstances to bring you into restoration. What would that restoration look like? Relationship with the Father. Those are so far... Those are the only two examples. And I don't know about you, but I wasn't there in the Garden of Eden to see what what it looked like with, with Adam and Eve and, and God walking with them in the cool of the day. I wasn't there. I wasn't there when Jesus was walking around on the earth. I wasn't, you know, so, so we're going by other stories. We're, we're going by... References. We're going by illustrations of this is what it looks like. And I think part of the reason for that, I think there's a couple, you know, I'm sure there's many reasons, but a couple of them are if we knew what it would look like, we would try to emulate it out of our own strength, out of our own soul. Oh, this is what it looks like to be a Christian? I can do that. That's what our soul tries to do. Your soul will try to be a Christian, to be in relationship with God, rather than just be in relationship with God. Our our soul, your soul, has has a drive. You know, again, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your your soul's emotions want to feel the presence of God, feel Him, His approval, feel His love, feel how you're doing, feel encouragement, assurance, feel love. And again, there and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And your soul wants to understand, wants to have everything make sense, wants to figure it out, wants to be able to predict what's going to happen. So that your will, your soul's will, can make the right decision, can choose the right choice, can take the right job, marry the right person, say the right thing, Those are all your soul trying to maintain control. Your soul is trying to stay on the throne. And not that we have any control over it, but all that does is your soul pushes away your spirit. Now, this is not a a one and done kind of thing. God doesn't connect to your soul and your spirit and it's a done deal. We don't we have a hard time, at least I do, comprehending spirit. 
and you know this is part of our challenge is we want to try to understand so we can figure out we want to have perfect doctrine we want things to make sense and maybe that's part of our our challenge is to just accept that not everything's going to make sense and that's okay we we like to draw conclusions even when we don't have all the information. That's just our soul. That's our soul local nature. Or that's the nature of our soul. There's nothing wrong with it. God gave us the nature, the soul nature that we have. So we're not going to get angry at it. We're not going to criticize it or feel guilty or bad about it. It's just the way it is. So we don't focus on it. We don't get distracted by our soul and its shortcomings, its failures. We don't get distracted. Instead, we we look at the examples that we have of those who were spirit beings, Adam and Eve and Jesus. They like to spend time with their father with God. If that's all you ever did was just look for more opportunities throughout your time, throughout your day to spend with God, I think that would be a very profitable life for you. Does that mean God will not use you in other ways for your for your benefit? Probably not, but maybe. Is that okay? If if nobody ever knew what you thought about God, that you were a Christian, you, what your doctrines were, what your beliefs were, would that be okay? how you disagreed with others, how you, what the nature of your relationship with God was. Would that be okay? Would it it be okay if you just spent the rest of your life spending time with God, with your Father? He'd be happy with that. What's nice is we can be Spending 100% of our time, 24 hours a day with him, all while we're doing brain surgery, cleaning house, driving, eating lunch, talking with our friends, doing a podcast. Because our spirit is still communing, is still one with our Father. But the difference between our communing in our spirit, spirit to spirit with God, and again, Adam and Eve and Jesus, what's the difference? Is Adam and Eve, when they were communing with, with God, Spirit to spirit, their souls 
Adam's soul, Eve's soul, received life. Their soul received everything it needed. It was fully connected to its spirit. Adam's soul and spirit and body were one. Eve's spirit, soul, and body were one. Jesus' spirit, soul, and body were one. And the difference between us and them, practically speaking, is our soul has not had its needs met. Our soul is struggling. Our soul is starving and thirsting and hungering and doubting and fearing and wounded and believing, believes lies. Jesus' soul didn't. Jesus' soul received life because his spirit was one with his father. Same for Adam and Eve. Their soul, Adam's soul and Eve's soul, received all their needs met through their spirit. Again, we've talked before about how Perhaps, you know, my suspicion is, at least at least this part, is that that's why God had to lower them from their position of oneness with him. Because they did not value their, their relationship with him. They did not value their spirit. They did not value their body. They did not value their soul. They had no gratitude. No appreciation. We, uh, the term we would use today is they were fully entitled. Everything that Father had for them was theirs. Life, eternal life, the fulfilling life, the the everlasting life, everything that their soul needed, they already had. And they didn't have to do anything for it. They didn't have to say the right thing. They they could just be with God and all their needs were met. And there, there was nowhere in the garden that they could go that they weren't with him. You know, a lot of times we think that God, okay, God's over here in a tent and Adam and Eve are out in the garden and they're, or they're tending, you know, the animals. You know, Adam was assigned to name all the animals. So they're out doing the, their little, you know, walkabout. And God's over in the corner over there. No, he fills heaven and earth. He filled that garden. There was no place that Adam and Eve could go that God wasn't there. When he called him and said, what have you done? It's not because he didn't know. He set it all up. So it's all part of his purpose and plan. That's why the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Because this was all part of his plan. Why? I think at least in part is to for our soul to learn appreciation. Just as you know, Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered, we learn appreciation 
through the soul, through the things our soul goes through as it is conformed to our spirit. Now it's going to be different for each one of us. This is part of our challenge. That there's no six steps and then sub-steps. It's, in a real sense, you're on your own. But it's okay because Jesus is with you. Your spirit is one with God. So when we say you're you're on your own, it's your own path. But you're in Christ. You're a joint heir with him. He's your guidance counselor, your teacher, your booking agent. He knows where you need to go and where you need to be, and he resp- takes responsibility to get you there. So why do we have such a struggle with it? with Christianity, and so many people do. We try to, we try this, we try that. We join this church, no, that's not good enough, so we try another church. And really what we're doing is we're finding everything that fails, which is a lot of times the way we learn. I don't know that we have to, but a lot of times that's the way it works. We we have to try enough things to realize, okay, this isn't working for me. And then we go, okay, Father. And what does he say? Come unto me, all you who labor, and I will give you clear instructions. No, I will give you power to overcome. No, I will give you friends to encourage you and help you on your way. No. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Not answers. Not a good feeling. But rest. Rest from our own labors. Rest from our, rest from our soul trying to do what it was never meant to do. Be spirit. So the process is a little bit at a time your soul is being drawn to reconnect with your spirit, with who you truly are. It's like a a huge circuit board that has all these plugs in it. And this little aspect of your soul is plugged into the spirit perfectly just perfect fit it's exactly the way it's supposed to be and that and you have rest in that area and that's what i really think when you think about the life of jesus and all he went through i mean it was not a uh, an easy childhood it was not you know he was chased all over he was you know an outcast and you know all the rumors that followed him throughout his life and his family and just the time he was living in, it was not a good time to be a Jew. And that they fled to Egypt and just, you know, on and on, the, all the uprisings in, in Rome, all the things that just in the natural were going on in, in the life and the civilization, the history at the time he lived. And yet, 
his mind was at peace. His will was at peace. His emotions were at peace. That doesn't mean he didn't get angry or sad or lonely. That doesn't mean that he didn't experience his emotions or his will. That he didn't want to understand. That he didn't seek to know God through his mind, his will, his emotions. But because his soul was one with his spirit. And I don't know that, you know, his knowledge was perfect. I don't under, don't know that his emotions were perfect. I don't, we, you know, the, he had his own soul while he was here on this earth, just as he had his own body while he was here on this earth. I don't know if he still has that same soul through eternity or in that same body. We don't know. I don't know. But I know the spirit he has, the spirit he is, is eternal and is one with his father. Just, you know, like we talk about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, the the triune God, the Trinity. It's such a central concept And so many books and ideas and concepts have been written about the Trinity, and yet if you really try to think about it, how how does that work? And we just say, I don't know. For yourself, how does God guide you? Sometimes we know. Sometimes he, we hear his voice and he says, walk this way or make this choice. Take this act. Put this thing aside. Sometimes he says, just we find ourselves thinking a certain way, making a certain choice, feeling a certain way. And he leads us and guides us and draws us a lot of times without us being aware of it. And I think that's part of our challenge is we don't need to see God moving in our lives in order for him to be moving in our lives. There's that um, habit we have of ascribing wisdom to old age. Now, a lot of times somebody who's old all the all that's happened is they've just managed to not die doesn't mean necessarily even that they have done healthy things but they've just not died doesn't mean they're smarter or they have secrets you know a secret to a long happy healthy life no it just means they have found a way to not die And yet, very often, you know, we, we, we look to those as, look to our elders in the church, even in society somewhat, that 
others have more wisdom than we do. They know how things work. Been there, done that. They've got answers that we don't. Well, in your spirit, you have the wisdom of all creation. The power that created the universe, that created this earth, is available to you. And I don't know, I've been looking at some of these really cool pictures, this new telescope has come up with, the new web telescope, and all those galaxies out there, billions of them, and odds are every one of them is, has a solar system within it that has at least one, at least one solar system that has at least one, what we would refer to as habitable planet. Maybe we each get one to start our own garden in our own creation and try to learn how to use the power of God that, that resides within us. I don't know. We don't know. You know, we think, oh, this is what heaven is. This is what hell is. This is what salvation is. We're really limited, especially if we go by, you know, the the versions of the Bible. Why do you think there are so many versions? Why do you think there are so many denominations? If if God wanted it to be clear, it would be clear. I don't think he wanted us to be relying on a common doctrine. I think he's fine with us all coming up with different ideas, different concepts, different conclusions. Because it's not about what we think, what we believe, what we do. It's who do you know? Knowing God, being one with him, spending time with him, letting him have his way, letting him do what he wants you to do. And remember, in your spirit, your spirit has already agreed to everything God has done, is doing, and will do. There are no surprises to him, and therefore there are no surprises for you. He never goes, wow, I didn't see that coming. I'm sure there are things that each one of us, if we you know, had a chance to sit down with, with God himself, the creator of the universe, and say, I've got a bone to pick with you. What's with this going on, this war stuff? Who's, this wasn't your idea, was it? And, and the suffering thing, and the animals, and starvation, and drought. Who's, who, you know, who came up with this stuff? This is one of the things we do with the devil and our other enemies, the world system, you know, different kind of economic systems and and we blame, you know, one group of people for all the ills of the world. Because we want to fill that void. We don't like not knowing. We don't like not understanding. So we make it up. Uh, God's okay with that. 
because everything that is not truth, true truth, truth with a capital T, the way, the truth, the life, everything that is not from God will fail. Now we're in, you know, we're, we've been in this process, age, eon, for quite some time, which is fine. Really don't know when it started. Really don't know when it will end. I do know that we're probably really far off from the end. You know, people want to know, okay, is this the end times? Well, Paul thought it was the end times, and that was 2,000 years ago. So, yeah, you can say, let's say, yeah, it's the end times. It's going to be the end times for another 100,000 years. Is that okay? So we got plenty of time to learn to enter into his rest, to spend time with him, be with him. Not to figure it out. Not to get more souls into heaven. Whatever, you know, that's a whole other, what, anyway. We have plenty of time. Because whatever it is we're doing now, there'll be something else. And there was something before this. But God knows what he's doing. And you're here on this earth for his purpose. And you are his purpose. The circumstances he has you placed in are, are, accomplishing, are accomplishing his good work in you. The circumstances you're in are his right hand and his left hand. He is forming you for relationship. Not for service, not to carry water or wine, but for relationship. So be encouraged to spend more time. You don't need to see results. Just be with him. Enjoy him. You've got all the time in, in the world and all the time in creation. And if you need more time, God will make it. So be patient with yourself and enjoy the ride. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.